but like one of her cousins came and I didn't know it was her. Ah. I was just like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, who is this? I was like, this is a bad idea. Stranger danger. Stra basically. <laughs> Pretty much. No, don't put your hands up, Matt, because then you're just gonna. It's easier to. <laughs> They're gonna suck your dick. <laughs> they, they think it has an open invitation. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Oh no, don't suck my penis. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a red panda trying to make yourself large to look intimidating. I got ice in my veins. Walk like a champion, champion, champion. I'm so cold blooded. I fear nobody. Ain't no letting down. I won't let you down. Cause I got ice in my veins. I talk like a champion, like a champion. I'm so cold blooded. I'm so cold blooded. What's up, everybody? This is episode 176 of the Saratobi Sports Podcast, coming to you live from beautiful Baldwin, New York, here at Regrown Recording Studios. Bringing you in, as always, your lovable host, just stuck in traffic, just on his damn phone, just in transition, but most importantly, just a friend, JT. What is up, everybody? And to my right, a man that needs some introduction, the Guyanese god himself, Dijon Mustard, Celine. Dijon. Also, Chat DPT. John Mooch, everybody. Yeah, that one's been growing on me, honestly. Yeah. It's growing the way the business has grown. Hashtag Johnny's workout plan. Um, how you doing, man? I'm glad to be back in the studio. Yeah, it's it's uh it, it's definitely uh great to be back. Uh little hiatus from the studio. We was on the Zoom last week, but now we back. Mm -hmm. Um almost at full strength because to my right, my far right. He is not the deacon of demon time. He's not the bishop of bitches. But you know what he is? He is the Saratobi sound man. The Monsignor of married time. Mmm. The great <laughs> Gabagool. Greg Pasta. Bitch. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> it actually is Miles. He just done bleach. Matt Barber, everybody. I will not be a part of this. <laughs> Miles just went full Sammy Sosa for those who are just listening. <laughs> if you're watching too, it's Miles. He just went full Sammy Sosa. I know black. I know black. I black, but I know black like you, puppy. I do not condone <laughs> the words that are being levied against me. Um... Yeah, Miles actually just doesn't like us because it was like he was gone for an entire month and came back to the studio for one day and was like two days. And honestly, it was like, I need a vacation. <laughs> was like, it even two days? No, it was he was one. in the studio for two. Was it two? I thought it was one. Then we went to Zoom last week. I thought he was only back oh, for one shit. week. No, he, was, he was here the last week in, um, in May. We're not in May. Sorry, March. <laughs> he was here the last week in March. No, he was. He was. Yeah, this is two because we had the first week. Oh, and yeah? we were here for okay, so okay. fucking long yes. that I had to take a piece of it and put it into the at, at next week's episode. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Okay. So yes. Yeah, he came here. He saw us twice, and he was like, I guess I don't really fuck with y'all. He's like, ah, uh, that's enough. <laughs> also, Miles, if you're listening, and we you probably aren't, um, JT also agrees that you might, you might not have told us that you were going to DR. But again, I preface this by saying <laughs> I don't remember anything that is said either on the pod or in the green room, the war room or whatever it's called. So you might have told us, but yeah. 
it is what it is. I, I think you told us, but when JT said it, I was like, honestly, you might be right, because that just caught me off guard. But um, I hope you're having fun, man. I hope you're having a good time. Um, bring us back some Mama Wana. Um, and don't bring anything else back from there, honestly. No <laughs> yeah. children. No women looking for a green card. Um, no pink needum. No venereal diseases. STI. You know, I I'm appreciate gonna the on effort. It. I'm going to yeah, work yeah. on it because you know what? It sounded more like pink. You did say. Yeah. yeah and I, I got to. Yeah. It's, it's pink. But like, I, it sounds like you're honestly trying to do like an Asian accent or something. Oh, that's not. Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, it does not sound like. Pick stop, me. Stop Asian hate. Pick me. Um, pick me. Like picking my nose and knee. Yeah. So pick me. Mm-hmm. And then you put it together. Go ahead. Pick me. Yeah. No, you know add it, a little spice. Add a little jerk. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I'm sure you guys can assume what just transpired. <laughs> it's a it's a, this is the magic. This is a magic you don't get when you're on Zoom. All right. <laughs> this is facts. This is this is this is this is this is why. This is why. Speaking of magic. Speaking of magic. Uh AIDS? No, not that. No, not that either. <laughs> Speaking of magic, I am calling us back to last week's episode when John had the audacity to say this Nets team was like the magic. And again, I will def- I will I will refute that. Because y'all haven't won a game? Look, man, look. <laughs> At it's least not the magic. My, it's not my fault we're going up against, we just don't got the horses. I'm sorry. I just we're going up against the MVP. What do you what do you want the Nets to do? But I will say this. I, don't I will know, Magic say- would keep taking games against the Bucks. Cause they're the that was before that Mike. All right, we all know what Mike Boonehoser was doing pre twenty what twenty. Mike Boonehoser always gave games away. That's not fair. I mean, he was also still doing it. When the, Mike Boonehoser be giving games away, Drew Holiday doesn't. But not the first. Yeah, that's the difference. He Drew Holiday. Yeah. But I'm saying, even when they won that championship, they only won because of Giannis's Herculean performance. Yeah, well, like it, but... Mike, bro, they were ready to hire Rick Carlisle in the bubble. Look, they won because someone's foot was on their line. All right. Well. <laughs> Anyways, getting back to it, let's. Uh, we're gonna be doing some uh, early uh, thoughts on these uh, first round matchups. We're uh, now most everybody's playing a game two. Uh, some game two is going on today as of Wednesday. Uh, our series are shifting now to the uh, underdogs being home teams. But I guess we'll start off with the Nets Sixer series. Uh, obviously, I've been paying attention. Obviously, I watched every game um the final score does not indicate the way the game's been playing these have actually been two pretty competitive games and i know both games have ended with the sixers winning by double digits but for the majority of these games the nets have been in it you know they've only been trailing by maybe between like four and six four and eight points majority of the games game two they actually had the lead at halftime had a 10 point lead in the second half you know just uh like I said, they don't have the horses yet. It's not their fault, but you're going up against a team that has Joel Embiid. Is it not their fault? Well, you're relying on role players to step up into a role but, that... But it is know. their fault they're in this situation. Well, I mean, I'm not going to blame... It's not the players' fault. The players' fault. You know, the players fault. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the Nets. No, no, like, no. I'm saying, like, the players. The yeah, players. Yeah, it's not the players' you know, they, They're doing the best. I mean, Cam Johnson had... He did have his best playoff yeah, performance. Yeah, fucking Mikel Bridges. Like, I don't want to score tonight. Which is... But it, but it goes to the point of, like, the Nets, right? Like, you need to play an absolute perfect game, right, all around. 
if you're going to overcome this type of talent deficiency, and right, like you look at the, the like game two, right? They held the Sixers to under 100 points, held Joel Embiid to 20 points, right? H- yeah, held, he had held like 20 a, rebounds. Yeah, he, he did, but I'm expecting that because he is just that much bigger than everybody on our team. But he hasn't really had those big. I I know this because I was looking at fucking betting sheets and shit yeah. like that. Um, he hasn't had huge rebound games against you guys. Mm. You guys have done pretty good. I think he had five rebounds in game one, but mm. like. I think well, Bro, he had like that, twelve at the half. Yeah, no, and a, and a part of that is because the Nets went small, which mm-hmm. I I was fully okay with. Um, they put Dorian as the small ball five, and I thought him and Royce together did a fantastic job of fronting, and they got Royce the ball out of his get hands. One more assist, and Mikael couldn't get four more points. Hey man, look, I wanted I needed Dinwiddie to get three more points, and we'll, I'm gonna get to Dinwiddie in a second because boy, do I have some things to say about him. But overall, I think the Nets' game plan defensively has been pretty solid. Uh, these first two games, get the ball out of Joel Embiid's hands, make other guys beat you, and, you know, game one, D'Anthony Melton, and Georgia Snang beat you, but they, but they shot a ridiculous number from three, and you saw them cool off in game two, but then, stepped up game then Tyrese Maxey stepped up because he he didn't really step up in, in, in game one, so, you know, you're kind of picking your poison, but you're not getting beat by Harden, I mean, outside of game one where he just turned back the clock. You're, you're not getting beat by Embiid, and I think that's the main takeaway. You're that's giving yourself a chance. Too, yeah, but you're, you're at least giving yourself a chance. Um, I thought the officiating in game two was a little bit spotty. I'm not saying that's the reason why the Nets lost, because they missed their chances. A lot of chances. Had a lot of open looks in the second half. They just couldn't convert. Um, Mikhail Bridges, like you alluded to, like he just didn't show up. And again, I'm not going to hold him to the standard of like a guy like a Jason Tatum or Kevin Durant or Devin Booker. Like This is a Mikhail Bridges who is just now finally growing into this kind of star role mm-hmm. or whatever role you want to call it. But I'm not, and it's his first playoff as the guy. Mm-hmm. It's the first time he's ever had to have teams probably since high school game plan for him. So I'm not going to, you know, totally write him off. Um, Nick Claxton's having a kind of down series. Not to say I expected it, but it's definitely not something that I'm too surprised at. It's, you know, it's, it's tough when you're going up against the MVP Especially when, you know, Vaughn decides to go small ball, which, again, I agree with the defensive strategy. Being able to have more switchable guys, not to say that Claxton can't switch, but it just gives you a little bit more versatility on the mm-hmm. offensive end. Um, the Nets, they're not getting anything from their bench, which yeah, is I mean, upsetting. Nick Claxton is basically Jared Allen with swag. Yeah. I think uh, better defensively, at least on the perimeter. Yeah, but, on the perimeter. But, yeah, for the most part. And I'm okay with that because Jared Allen, I really like Jared Allen. I think he's also a very he, good player. Uh, does Claxton rebound to that level? Yeah, okay. I mean, because like, he is yeah. slight in frame. He's slight in frame, but I think it's his his athleticism also helps him in that mm. way, getting to balls. His reach, he has a pretty good reach. Um, but yeah, the bench is just not doing it for the Nets, and that was one of my fears. Seth Curry, Joe Harris are just out here being waste men, um, and it's sad to see Royce O'Neal. He hasn't really gotten into the rhythm of things yet. Now, hopefully, that changes. Obviously, we know role players play way better at home in the playoffs. Um, Can't believe you have a Joe shirt. Yeah, I do have a, a a Joe Harris shirt. I didn't get it. My dad went to one of the games and oh, okay. it was one of the giveaways and Yeah, because they know people don't bangs with him. Yeah, it's it's one of, it's it's sad, right? Because like we were all like I think for the majority of Net fans we're like huge Joe Harris supporters. Yeah. But when you consistently don't show up in the playoffs, you, you know, you kinda lose or some even of that just games that matter. Yeah, exactly. You you lose that credibility and Joe hasn't stepped up uh at all in any playoff series except for like the, the first round against the Celtics when we had the big three, but it's like, all right, you were expected to win that series. There was really no pressure because you just had the big three doing everything. Um, I did have, a, it was funny, I had a Claxton shirt on earlier, like mm. kind of the same design and everything, but 
I got it dirty cleaning my bathrooms. But um, yeah. Demo bleach? Hmm? Demo bleach? Nah. Huh. I was using um, like mold remover for the ceiling and just, mm-hmm. I, it was it was making me sweaty and it was just getting on the shirt. So I was like, all right, let me just throw it in the wash. Um, but other for than those that. those listening, that was intentionally without an accent. It wasn't <laughs> like I just don't know how to say it. He's capping. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, I can't, I look. If the Nets get swept, they get swept. I still think they're they can take a game at home. Um, I expect them to come out with a lot more force in Game Three, which will be on Thursday. Um, Saturday, it is what it is. But you know, if you could take one game, and I think I need the, y'all to take one game. Hey, look, I look. Trust great. me. I, I I hope they can take a game. Um, you know, I think at this point, you just got to hope that this, your role players step up even more. Now, getting to Spencer Dinwiddie. My gosh, this guy needs to get his head out of his ass because this is probably the worst Spencer Dinwiddie I've seen in a while. Like, this is like, honestly, this is probably like when he first got to the Nets this year. Mm. And I'm like, all right, you give him a little bit of slack. He's coming into a new system, whole bunch of new teammates, et cetera, et cetera. At this point, no, it's embarrassing. The Nets are literally out there with no point guard. And he's I, been, he had a good run of assists, like, the last couple weeks of the season. He did. He did. But and but everything he did right in the last few weeks of the season, he's just not doing now. He can't hit a jump shot to save his life. He's not taking his defenders off the dribble, which I don't understand. You have 2023 James Harden on you. You can't blow past 2023 James Harden. Mm. You can't blow past George Sneijan. You can't blow past Anthony Melton. Like, we, like John, you've seen Spence. He's, he's got a quick first step. When he gets when he wants to get he, downhill, yeah, he, he he gets downhill. So that's why it's really frustrating he when he's not shots. But his bread and butter is being able to get to the basket. Literally, like we call him downhill Dinwiddie for a reason. But he wants to settle for these threes. He wants to settle for these weird mid range turnarounds. I don't get it. He's turning the ball over defensively. He's not as locked in as I would like. He's not a turnstile like Joe Harris or or you know Seth Curry. But still, it's not at the level that you need if you want to compete in the playoffs. In yeah. the playoffs. Um, so he's definitely got to step up and be better. And again, hopefully he takes on that mantle in games three and four and just, all right. And I'm not even asking him to be like, oh, you got to go out there and score 20, 25 points and get 10 assists and like on some like Trey Young type numbers. But look, I feel like a solid 15 and nine, run the offense, get everybody settled. Mm-hmm. My my biggest pet peeve with him, and I don't know if it, this was a thing much in, in Dallas was, when he comes across half court and he's dribbling the ball and then and they don't you don't get into your set until about the eleven second mark mm. of the shot clock. And now you only have about six seconds to really work with. Before Kyrie, we ran a very slow offense, so I you know. But outside of that, I thought I think uh look, the Sixers are the better team, as they should be, but they haven't at least in my eyes, they haven't shown that they're on the level of <clears throat> being a contender. Mm. Yet, I think they're still a tier below the six, the not sixty uh, bucks and the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess switching gears to the Celtics now, I have probably watched about wait, ten wait. minutes. I was gonna say, before worth we, of that we series. Move off the, yeah, yeah. The nuts. Um, did I send you the Jack Vaughn thing? Uh, about uh, Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I've so, been getting uh, that same. Video, yeah, I was gonna say like, like yeah. how how do you feel about it? Do you feel like what he's saying is accurate? Of just like he's, no, he's lying through his teeth. No, you don't he, think it was if they were hitting shots? Why do I need to play him? He, we've been fighting this Cam Thomas fight for literally the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, we know what he can do. We've seen it in person before. Um, but the fact that he's still playing Joe Harris and Seth Curry playoff minutes when the offense goes into a rut and you need a spark 
And you're going to tell me that Cam Thomas, a kid that we've seen on numerous occasions, dropped 40 points. He deadass dropped 40 in the season finale against this same Sixers team. And yes, I know the Sixers weren't playing their regular rotation guys. Mm -hmm. But still, we've seen Cam Thomas play against regular stars. We saw him drop 40 against a fully healthy, healthy Clippers team with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the floor. So it's not like it's, oh, he's going up against better competition. I've seen him do it. So... At this point, it's almost like a, a, a uh, what was, uh, if you guys didn't know, Jock Vaughn was asked about playing Cam Thomas and he said, yeah, it's in the back of my mind, but like I would play Cam if we needed help creating shots. He was like, I feel like we got the shots. They just weren't falling. So if the shots aren't falling, maybe you go to a guy whose shots be falling. I don't know. You know um, what they say. The shots aren't, aren't falling. The benches are calling. <laughs> And the bench is calling Joe Harris's name very, very loudly. I mean, you, how can you look? I know it's I know it's the playoffs. Defense gets tighter. Games get tighter, get get tighter. Scoring goes down. But you're really gonna sit here and say that boy gets buckets after you watch your team put up 84 points in 2023. 84 points in 2023 NBA. That oh yeah, it's in the back of my mind. You can't have in the back of your mind a, a spark plug. Uh, a, a flamethrower that can go up for 40 points and say, yeah, he's in the back of my mind, you know, if the situation calls for it. Hey, Jock Vaughn, I don't know if anybody told you this, but you're the underdog in this series. Nobody <laughs> expects you to win. So you don't have to play this like you're expected to win. Get weird. You can put Cam in. Who gives a you shit? You want to talk about all the weird shit you did during the season about finding rotations? This is this is the time. Like You, you want to know why? It's because he's playing for his job. Who? Jock Vaughn. He's not. He, he already is. got extended. No, no, no. He's playing for his job. No. That's the problem. He already got extended. He's here for the long haul. And I'm not too thrilled about that <laughs> because I just, look, he might be a good coach for a, he might, honestly, he might be in the Kenny Atkinson category for uh, me. Where do you guys, where do you think you are right now as a team? We're better than that team, though. You're not a contender, though. No. You're not a young team. But they're yeah, a needs development. yeah, but they're not a they're not a lottery team like how they were the majority of Kenny Atkinson's think... tenure. Okay, this so is not a lottery team. Next season, this there's n this the, the team is too good. The East is too weak for it to be a lottery team. Okay, so I mean, again, it could be a team that's going to get. I think it's a 500 as presently constructed. It's a 500 caliber team, which, as we see in the East this year, was good enough for a seven seed. So, you know, it is what it is. Make a bet. Should we make a bet? That the Nets will finish 500 or better next year? No. That the Nets will be in the lottery next year? Is this Now, is this barring any catastrophic injuries? Yes. Okay, I'll take that bet. All right. Let's take this bet. Um, we shall shake on it. All right. You heard it here first. So if Mikhail goes down with, like, a torn ACL or something like that, mm -hmm. it doesn't count. But if he doesn't. Just Mikhail. Just Mikhail? Yeah. Not Cam Thomas? <laughs> no. Cam Thomas is a role player. No matter where you put him, he's a role player. What about Nick Claxton, though? Like, That's if Clax has, like, a season-ending injury in, like, That's October? So, just Mikhail. Just Mikhail. He's a star on your team. All right. You don't have another star. All right. That's fine. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Clax got robbed. Should have been... I, did you see the voting? No. Dog. No, no first-place votes. No second-place votes. Three, no, sorry, seven third place votes. That's kind of wild. That's wild, right? Like, I, I don't know. I Again, I, I'm not saying, oh, he was snubbed to win. Because I understand why Jaron Jackson won, even though Jaron Jackson didn't I think win. He should, be on a, he should be on a defensive team. Oh, he should be. 100%. But he won't. 
Mm. I already know why, but small market. It, Not even small market. No, I mean the Nets are looked at as small market because Seven uh, Eleven left. That's why. Mm. I, I I think them being on the team would have, I guess, brought more eyeballs mm-hmm. to voters or whatever. Even though their eyeballs should be everywhere in the league, um, That's because. How because, but again, it's like, how did Evan Mobley? Nobody was talking about Evan Mobley in deep point talks up until about March. So it's like, how did that happen? He was never in the conversation. It was all true. Mo- Mobley was not top. Like whenever, whenever people were talking about the top three, it wasn't Mobley. But like, like people have talked about. No, like, I, no, I'm not saying Mobley. Motherfuckers are literally like, if he can learn how to shoot, he might be the best player in the league. <laughs> like the I'm best two way player in the league. I'm not saying Mobley is like no, nobody's talking about him for deep point, but. For the majority of the year, it was Jaron Jackson Jr., Brooke Lopez, Nick Claxton, and Bam Adebayo were like the four heavy favorites. But you could also make that argument with Mobley just because motherfuckers don't care about the Cavs. No, but that but that's what's that's what is funny to me is that all right, nobody cares about the Cavs, right? And the only reason people cared about Claxton was because they were there. So, but then why would people so start to caring? Me that's the same argument. Then why would people start randomly caring about Mobley? As to why Nick's Clax- Nick Claxton didn't get it versus why Moby did. Which is weird because, because Donovan Claxton Mitchell st- started bringing attention when he started dropping 60 like every other night. I get it. But at the same time, Claxton's defensive numbers are still better. His He was the only, go- he was the only uh, center that had, I think it was like 300 possessions or whatever on perimeter players. And they were shooting like under a certain percentage. Mm. Like, so again, I, I'm not knocking Moby because I know Moby's a, a stud. But it was just, it was just, that was just weird to me how like... You get all this attention, your play doesn't dwindle, but yet the respect factor or the credibility kind of goes away. But uh, getting off the nets, because we could spend all day there. Uh, like I said, uh, Celtics-Hawks, I've spent about 10 minutes watching this series. It is a throwaway series, definitely a, an NBA TV-type playoff series. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think— need the Hawks to win, like— I think this is we expect. I think guys. we talked about this last week. I mean, I know we were talking about playing teams and things like that, but we expected this. Like, yeah. if—, if, if if the Heat were to have lost and the Celtics got the Hawks, this is what's happening. Um, look, Trey Young, man, his last eight playoff games, he out here shooting tour dates and whatnot. Like, I don't know, man. Like, is can this work in Atlanta? Like, would you give all right, Quinn Snyder obviously he's only had like 20 games with this team. Can you make it work? as presently constructed or like what's the end goal here like or are they always doomed to be a lower tier eastern conference team no i think they i don't think we thought they'd be a lower tier eastern lower tier eastern conference team once they traded for Dejounte. Mm. i think that their implosion called us like obviously they didn't have a great season last year but like you trade for a guy like Dejounte and you're pairing him with trey young mm. like you're expecting and the fact that they didn't really dismantle the team otherwise no the hawks have a fucking great roster they do it's a very nice roster they have a roster like you're not expecting that to happen but it just seems like there's it's been all season of just like trade like shit about Trey and one thing I can't say is Trey who but like if you have these attractions of the internal organizations if he's not feeling respected all of those things like the move might be trade him and then just let Quinn Snyder start from scratch and this point if you trade Trey you can get just about anyone you want yeah so just go all right if you ask him, can we do this with Trey? See what their relationship is like. And then if not, then I think that's the move. Not because Trey deserves it, but like if he's unhappy, it's not fitting the organization from a business standpoint, you make the move you got to make, you know? Yeah, I think it, what, what was telling is when, remember when the rumors started circulating, there was that report that said the, the Hawks are open 
15 inning trade talks and then right they asked before the plane. right before the plane and Trey was like and they asked Trey and he was like yeah I mean whatever happens happens whatever happens happens and it's like oh shit mm-hmm. so like Jalen Brown I'm gonna go over once me yeah that, that combination of Jalen Brown and uh, Trey Young on a team is gonna be crazy huh <laughs> I'll take one of them on the Mavericks hey man either one either one either one if I had to pick I'd probably go JB yeah just cause it fits better next to Luka but like yeah. either one well, and Kyrie right gonna be there for the long term i hope <laughs> oh boy all right other playoff series how are you getting traded back to boston oh yeah they they would they would never allow it they would literally put a, bo- a blockade up at the, <laughs> at the city limits and be like nah keep that uh to keep that guy out uh going around i'm gonna save the best for last um i think you know which one i'm talking about mm-hmm. but let's uh keep it going clippers sons it's been very interesting uh no pg and yet the clippers are they're keeping it close I know it's a series tied 1-1. Like, the Suns have the potential to be great, but, like, they always had the potential to be great. Even before they got KD, they had the potential to be great. They were in the NBA Finals. Multiple Western Conference uh, Finals appearances. Fuck their NBA Finals appearance. They played injured teams every step of the way. Anyway. Anyway. um, It's just like the Celtics one. (laughs) Anyway. um, Like, they won last night because their starters put up 110 points. Mm. That's what it will be. It has to be. It has to be. It has to be. That if they're gonna win and they're gonna go far, that's what it has to be. Um, is that gonna happen all the time? Who knows? They have two dudes, two out of the three dudes who are the most important are very injury prone. Um like it's it's one of those where they can absolutely win the whole thing. Will they? I'm not too confident in that. Do you um, think it's a, a problem that they have to play KD like forty four minutes? And I know Kevin Durant has said Many times, like, I want to play all 48 minutes, doesn't matter. But do you think it's, like, a problem that they have to play KD, like, 44 yes. minutes? Devin Booker, like, 44 minutes against a... I'm I, they're No, because the Clippers are a good team. They're, they're, good, they're a good team. Yes. And I, and I don't want to take anything away from the Clippers because they are a deep team, even mm-hmm. without Paul George. Yeah, in general, it's a problem that they have to play them that much all the time. You don't want to have your usage rate that high in chance to play off still. Like, you don't really want to have to rely on them that much. Mm. But... It is not a problem against this Clippers team because this Clippers team is good and they're well coached. Yes. And Kawhi is it like Kawhi's Kawhi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if Kawhi's Kawhi and he is playing like Kawhi, mm-hmm. it is an absolute problem. So, I mean, I still think it's going to be a close series, especially when they get Paul George back, if they get him back this you know, series. Yeah, I know it's going to hit her up in the air if he will return. This or series, not. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, I think if it looks like they can win it, and to me it does, um, I mean, if you're Paul George and you're 80% or 75%, you, you can't play. Because oh, yeah. if you knock them out, it's fair game. Oh, yeah. It is completely fair game if you knock them out. Look, and I think the path. And the Suns' constitution is weak outside of Kevin Durant. So Yeah. Oh, no, it is. We've seen we it. We saw it last we, year. We saw it. Everybody's, la- everybody's for, tough when you're up two games, right? For Devin Booker to sit here and go, after the first game, yeah, I mean, we were up two games last year, too, so. You know, speaking of that, it's funny because in practice uh, with the Nets, they asked Spence about, like, you know, being down 2-0 and things like that. And he was like, well, you know, uh, when you look back the other year, we were down 2-0 to the uh, Suns, and we came back and kicked their ass. And I'm like, all right, well, Spence, 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 who was on your team? <laughs> who who was the one doing the ass-kicking, Spence? Who was it? Two people. Was it the Yakub? Answer, answer honestly. Nah, it was Jalen Brunson, too. <laughs> The half Yakub? I don't think he, I don't think his he's, mom is white. No, it's not. No, he's, not, he's no. just light skinned. He's just light skinned. Yeah. 
And his dad's light skinned too, so yeah. he's, he's a very light baby. But still. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of Jalen Brunson, I was going to say best for last, but it was too good of a transition. Yeah. Speaking of, Knicks, Cavs, tied at 1 1. I think we all went into this to the, to the first it, yeah. round in general, being like, this is probably the best. This and the. Um, Clippers Suns, I thought was probably the two best series, at least the two most competitive. To me, I thought Clippers Suns, if Paul George played, it was gonna, it was um, Kings Warriors for me. Ooh, Kings Warriors. Oh. Yeah, and because we'll get people to kept writing off the um, the Kings like they're not a good team. But yeah. all right, let's see. Uh, Cavs yeah. Knicks one one. Both teams uh, headed back to the Garden. Cutting back to the Garden. You know, it's uh, look. I think the series is gonna be it's, it's gonna be a war now. Um, you know, both teams have talked about the officiating, especially the Cavs after that game one. Um, they even made a note like, hey, you know, we, we kind of got punched in the mouth. We got to, you know, do some punching back. And they punched back in game two, 17-point win. I mean, they dominated the entire game. Garland for, I mean, the fact that he only ended with 32 points when he had, what, like 20-plus in the first quarter, it just shows you how much of a cruise control they were in for the majority of the game. They were up by 20 at the half. Uh, it's not the greatest games from... You know the Knicks role players, which was their bread and butter in Game One, and I think that's really what's gonna, as we said, like the importance of this series is gonna come down to the bench and the role players. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Credit Chris Levert in Game Two for really stepping up because, uh, oh man, did he not have a good game in uh, Game One? I think their bench only combined for like nine points. Mm -hmm. So let me just look at let me just look at some of the stats right here for Game Two. Yeah, they really got yeah. clapped, and it wasn't Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell only ended with 17 points. He did have 13 assists, though. That's definitely a playoff. Rebounds. That's definitely a playoff career high. Uh, Darius Garland, 32 points, seven assists. You had Evan Mobley, another double double, 13 points, 13 rebounds, two blocks. Jared Allen, almost double double, nine points, 10 rebounds. He also had three assists, three blocks, three steals. But Chris Levert. 24 points, four rebounds, three assists, was four of nine from three, nine of 16 field goals for the game, and was a plus 23, right? And again, the rest of the bench really didn't do much, right? Raul Neto, zero points. Robin Lopez getting Bro, some, I forgot he's still in the league. right? Getting some random burn, four points. Seti Osman, five points. Uh, Danny Green. Danny Green, interesting because Danny Green did not play in game one. Came I in. Know where he was. Um, <laughs> came in, played 20 minutes, only hit one shot. It was a three. What's his plus minus? Plus minus was minus two. He had four rebounds, two steals. So I think you just you just throw him out there for some for some energy. Just an energy guy. Um you know. Sometimes that's all you need. Was, I forgot where he where in the game was on. And Ari saw I think it was Jared Allen. Mm -hmm. I was like, he looks like a bigger Dinwiddie. Don't disrespect Jared Allen like that. Pretty sure it was him. That shit was mad funny. <laughs> Why, just because he has big hair? They have the same facial hair, and he's also <laughs> physically larger than him. Same facial hair, he just has a bigger afro. Spencer went back to the, the baby fro. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you look at the Knicks in game two, right? Julius Randle, 22. Uh, Jalen Brunson, uh, 20. RJ Barrett, better scoring night, 14. But still, 4 of 13 from the field. He can't buy basket. Jalen Brunson didn't have a good shooting night. I mean, the Knicks in general didn't really have a good shooting night. No, and Jalen and, um, and Julius had pedestrian games for them. And we know that they can't do that for them to win the series. Um, they they have to have good games, but for them to have pedestrian games like that, that is very pedestrian. The other one has to have a great game to even it out. Mm -hmm. So when that doesn't happen, and then like you said, you're not getting you know support like it's not a big game from Quick or Obi or anything like that. 
and, or Clinton, you know, that this is what happens. They get clapped. And that's another thing I think that's that's kind of I it might have flown might have flown flown under the radar. Some people Quigley has been a no show mm-hmm. this so far this series, and I think I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Just in the sense of all right, you're able to steal a game on the road without quickly playing especially with him being hot going into the playoffs yeah so without him you know playing well in any of the, either of the games you're able to take one right um you're gonna he's a guy that definitely plays better at home in the yeah. garden he definitely feeds off the crowd the crowd feeds off of him um all it takes is two quickly threes mm-hmm. a lob to obi Toppin, and the place is jumping so i'm interested to see that Isaac Okoro didn't get run like that at all in game two. And I think that's also kind of what helped the Cavs, just at least offensively, because if Okoro, he's a good defender, but if he can't hit that corner three, he's pretty useless out there. It's almost like Tony selling it up. He's kind of Tony selling it up. And I'd say it was almost like a PJ Tucker, but PJ Tucker, even if he's not hitting shots, he's doing all the intangibles. He's getting grabbing rebounds, you know, throwing some elbows here and there, diving on the floor for stuff. Isaac Crow really doesn't really do that. So if you can't be a floor spacer out there, you're kind of balking down your offense because now your offense is playing four on five. If you're not slashing to the hole, you're not really doing anything. It's now you allow the Knicks to have a help defender off of you from the corner. Um, So... You know, I think that that that's something else to look at in the series as well. How Isaac Okoro can bounce back. I also thought they did a good job of trapping the Knicks um, when they came over half court, especially Brunson. You know, Brunson, as as we know, is a really good point guard. He makes a lot of great decisions. Get the ball out of his hands. Make somebody else do it. I'd much rather have Julius Randle have to play facilitator than Jalen Brunson mm-hmm. because, as we see, if you speed Randle up, he can get out of his rhythm, turn the ball over, mm-hmm. get frustrated, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Slap Jalen Brunson in the face. This is true. Slap Jalen Brunson in the face. Um, Josh Hart didn't have as great of a game. I, I don't know if it was the ankle bothering him or not. But, look, I, I think both teams have shown their strengths. Both teams have shown their weaknesses. I think, obviously, it's whoever capitalizes on them the most. I think the Cavs have more weaknesses. But it's up to the Knicks and Tibbs to figure it, mm-hmm. like, how, how, how to exploit them. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's like one of the things with the Knicks is just uh, their like consistency is not their strong suit. You know, like they are a very a team that just is runs. Mm-hmm. It, like it'll be like they'll win ten straight and then they'll lose for like a month. Yeah, like so. I'm hoping that you know they get some good energy when they go back home. Um, I I still stand by what I said. They to me they're the more well-rounded team on paper. Um, and they definitely like as much as they came in as the underdogs like to me there's no reason why they can't win this series Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i'm just looking at some of the team stats comparing like game one to game two Mm -hmm. big thing that jumps out 51 rebounds for the knicks in game one to 38 for the Cavs. fast forward to game two knicks were out rebounded 43 to 36 Mm -hmm. so look at it's Look, more rebounds equals more possessions. More possessions means more shots, mm-hmm. or better. or subsequently less shots for the opponent. So, look, Mitch Rob's got to be. Uh, yeah, I know he has his hands full with literally those two twin towers, you know, with Mobley and Allen. But mm-hmm. something's got to give. He's got to keep exploiting. Got to help. Like if RJ is, you know, is not scoring, he's got to continue to grab rebounds and do those things. So, and like I, I the RJ Barrett thing kind of confuses me too, because like, all right, we're not if the Knicks aren't going to rely on him for scoring. Okay, he's gonna be he's gonna be needed for other things. Like in game one, he didn't have a good shooting night, but he did have six assists. 
Uh, he had some nice defensive possessions as well. I think he had like a big steal mm-hmm. in that second half as uh, too. So, but what can they really get out of RJ? Are you at like at this point? What are you expecting from him? What you got last year? And it sucks that you know a young player takes a big step back like that. But that's what you want. Mm-hmm. I I don't think that's what should they they should expect. But like. When you have a player like that who has shown the potential of what he could do, shot great, put up numbers, had a great season last year, then he does basically none of those things this year, but you know he has the ability to. You go, yo, it's the playoffs. If you're not going to do it now, then when? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, like if you know you can do all those things, then fill when we need you to fill. Like You see Julius and Jalen are scoring like that. like You got to pick up some of the slack. So. Or like you're saying, like that, that rebounding battle. You're a big body. You're 6'8". You got to go grab some fucking rebounds. We know you're playing defense, but Spider wasn't even scoring like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, can't uh, can't argue with that. Should be a fun one. I think this is definitely going, definitely going at least six. For at sure. the least, going six. Um, I think there's, I think they're gonna split <laughs> the games at the Garden as well. Um, but yeah, let's, let's see. Moving on, other series. All right, Milwaukee, Miami. This one is interesting because. I told you. Giannis, but it's interesting for different reasons. Uh, Giannis got hurt game one. After that, they weren't the same. Miami took advantage of it. I mean, also Tyler Harrell went out too, broke it. They were hand. also playing a game. A good, like Miami was playing well that game. Yeah, no, they they, they played a, they they played a very good game. Obviously, when you take subtract Giannis from the equation, it definitely it, throws things. I think off. that's what finished it. Well, what uh, he got hurt in the first half, correct? I thought it was like the third. I could be wrong. I think it was not. I think it was earlier because they played a majority of the game. I believe they played a majority of the game without Giannis. Um, that was the Sunday game, right? Yes. I'm just looking up the uh, stat book here. Uh oh. Here we go. So Giannis played. Giannis played 11 minutes. Yeah. Mm. First half. Six points, three rebounds. Um, granted, Miami had already gotten out to a very hot start. They outscored the Bucks thirty-three to twenty-four in the first half. I mean, they were up big at halftime. But I think, obviously, the law when you lose your superstar, it kind of throws a shot into the heart of not only the fans, but you know the players. And yes, mm-hmm. they're professionals. They they've they've played without Giannis before, but at the same time, they have two players that can absolutely pick up the slack. Yeah, definitely. Um, did they pick up the slack? Uh, not really. I mean. Look, Chris Middleton had 33 and 9, and 33 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. He did his job offensively, right? Drew Holiday, 16 points, 16 assists. But when you're facing a Miami Heat team that is, when they're locked in, they can beat anyone. as disciplined as they are under Spo, they can beat anyone. And it's even harder when you don't have your MVP caliber guy. Um, yeah, but at the same time, like... Them losing Harrow is huge. He's a, a very important piece. For them. Oh no, a, a, absolutely. And I'm gonna I'm interested to see if they're gonna finally use Duncan Robinson. Um, even though they only used him for six minutes in that game after Harrow went down. I don't know. He uh, hasn't shot well this season. So he is not, and he's also he's also been little uh, little injury bug has nipped him uh, most of the year. But that's why I'm I'm interested to see like where they get their scoring from now. Like, all right, you were able to sustain losing Harrow, your second best offensive player, for this game. How do you translate that for the rest of the series now? Like, is that, and where do the extra minutes come from, right? You, you, you got to replace a starter. Finally got to look at him and go, you need to be more aggressive. 
But in terms of like the front and oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I guess backcourt play. Mm. Well, I, don't, I mean, he's technically a wing. Son Max Struess. See, more minutes for Struess. Obviously, more minutes for Gabe Vincent. Does that mean also more minutes for Kyle Lowry? And will well, you? Kyle need... Lowry wants the minutes, and he played well in the play-in. And like the and I know he had the thirty-three point explosion, um, but it's like, do you expect a bigger offensive workload from Kyle? Or do you kind of just hope everybody else around him picks up a slack? Because I, th- I feel like at this point, 23, asking 2023 Kyle Lowry Oladipo. to give you 20-something. Oladipo's going to have to step up. The Oladipos. You know, I'm a big fan of Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Oladipo, uh, did he? How much money? Well, Oladipo didn't play in game one. Mm-mm. Interested to see if he gets some burn the rest of the series. Uh, I, I'm sorry to say that Udonis Haslam did not get any burn as well. <laughs> um but you know what? Uh, I think Oladipo is the best. Like, that's your bet. best case because he has someone. He's the ability to create. He has the ability to defend, and he's been in situations like this before. So you just go, "Hey, man, if you know you want to show people that you're really back and you deserve more money and all these things, now's your chance." He's also your only other guard, I guess, off the bench. I mean, yeah, you have a uh, what is it, Caleb? Yeah, Caleb Martin uh, yeah, but as his well. His job is to grab rebounds and play defense. Uh, and and, hit, and to hit, shoot hit, threes. Hit, yeah, yeah three. 15 points, two and two of three. Uh, he had a very clutch three-pointer from the corner and then an and one, which I guess kind of sealed the game in that fourth quarter. Yeah, but uh, I forgot what fucking... I think it was the first playing game where they kept Caleb Martin in at the end of the game, and I was like, this is a bad decision. Hmm. But Oh, that was the... Uh, the first playing game. The first playing game, right? Yeah, where it started to get close. To, they climbed back, but then... They left Caleb Martin in for too long. I understand Struce wasn't having a good game, but he finally hit his first three. He seemed to get back into the game, and then you didn't play him for the entire fourth quarter. Mm. And you needed, you know. Yeah. It was necessary. Anyway. <laughs> um, hey, yeah. We'll see what that series has in store for us. Uh, if you guys are listening to this, uh, the game will be played later tonight, I believe. Yeah, at nine. So. Yeah. Actually, it's about to tip off now. So, mm. uh, yeah, this is uh, I, how much of a panic mode should the Bucks be in if you drop game two as well? If you drop game two, they, they should panic mm-hmm. um, because they don't know when Giannis is coming back mm-hmm. and then Mike Budenholzer is actually going to have to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if they drop game two, it's real panic because the Heat at home, yeah. Yeah, Heat at home in the playoffs is not an easy place to uh, play. And Jimmy and playoff Jimmy. Playoff Jimmy. Yeah, but he's so hit or miss with these bets, man. I can't, I can't get because a you, I can't get a on playoff Jimmy because he does whatever the team needs for him to do that day. Damn it! Well, t- someone tell me what he's doing that day. That's the issue. We need Spo to tell me, yo, Spo, is he going to be a scorer tonight or a facilitator? You know what it is? Because in that playing game against the Hawks, right? I'm like, oh, ain't no way Jimmy Butler's going to get over seven and a half assists. He's going to score tonight. It's it's the Hawks. Ain't nobody going to guard him. Wow, look at that, Jimmy Butler, only 20 points, nine assists, crazy. Like, come on, man. He he said that this year, they, he, I was talking about your playing game. He's like, every year he's been on the Heat, they've asked him to do something differently, mm. like each season. So this year, they asked him to play out of the post. Stop asking to do stuff that's hurting my bets. Damn it. You got to only do Jimmy for live bets. You got to see what I, I, he No, needs. honestly, you're, you you're, you're right. What, you got to go. All right, what's you he got, doing? You have to have good game <laughs> IQ, right? You got to give basketball IQ to go, all right. The Heat are not doing this. What does Jimmy have to do? Okay, that's what we're doing. <laughs> oh, they're Jimmy, not. <laughs> Jimmy Butler bets only happen second quarter on. <laughs> oh, they're not scoring? Jimmy made his first bucket? All right, you know what? Over on. <laughs> Let me get that live over of 18 and a half. Yeah. Ends with 27. Like, yeah. 
Oh boy, but yeah, no, I agree. Max Struess is hot. <laughs> Fucking Bam is hot. All Bro, right, was Jimmy's it getting thirteen assists. W- which game was it? Was Six threes in the second playing game. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. Mind you, he didn't. Sc- I don't think he scored in the second half either. Like you just six threes in the first half. Like, all right, cool. Um, yeah, no, I have to agree. Like, I think it's definitely panic mode, especially because earlier in the day, he went. Giannis went from doubtful to questionable. And usually, like, if you're questionable, it's like, all right, you're playing. But for him to still be ruled out is like, all right, maybe the back is worse than we thought, even though the x-rays and MRIs came back clean. I think they also can sit here and go, we have a good enough team that we could potentially beat them without him for one game. Just survive survive without a game. At home. At home, if you sit here and, like you said, the shock of losing him during the game is very different than if you're preparing to not have him. Mm -hmm. So if you sit here and you go to Drew, you go to Brooke, you go to Chris, and you go, y'all going to have to do this shit without him today. Like, we've seen them do it before. Mm-hmm. And we know that sometimes the heat can be inconsistent. And this year was the tale of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, you look at them and you go, I think if they're away, he plays. If okay. it's not, if it's actually not. Or as if bad it's later in the series. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not as bad as you think. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can sit here and go, you guys should be able to win a game at home on your own. All right. That's fair enough. Uh, moving on to the other first round matchups. I think we really care about the Nuggets. No, no, we are not. No, I was going to skip over that because nobody, nobody cares about that. (laughs) How you put, they put that game at 1030 on a Sunday and expected people to watch. They knew what they were doing. They were like, we have to make this a national game. (laughs) Why could they couldn't just sneak that in at like one o'clock on Sunday? Just get out the way. Put on the TV at one o'clock. They come home from church or whatever, <laughs> running errands or whatever they're doing. They could be unpacking the groceries and they'll have the game on in the background. Oh man! But uh, yep. So then in that case, we only have two series left: Los Angeles and Memphis. Uh, jaw out. We, I mean, it's this gonna be the crazy playoffs for uh, for injuries, man. But jaw yeah. out for the game two. Who knows what his his uh, risk is gonna be like mm-hmm. the rest of the series? But I also thought even if he did play, they weren't gonna win. Interesting. I said this last week, and like if you you know like. Grizzlies are not that good. And without Steven Adams and Brandon Clark, like, Jaron Jackson has to do everything against Anthony Davis, who's playing great because he's not hurt. Um, <laughs> Almost with that shoulder on a Sunday. Dude, I saw that. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> Again? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, they need their front court presence. Jaron Jackson... Junior can only do so much, but like um they're they're not like they're really not that good. Like Dylan Brooks is not that guy offensively. So Desmond Bain is gonna be the one who has to pick up the slack. Like and how much can he do? Like I think he's a great player and we've seen him, you know, like throughout most of the year and you last like he was the clutch player for the team. Like he led in fourth quarter points and like just clutch baskets and all those things. But like now you're asking him to be the leading scorer every night. Um, no, it's not, it, it will not be Desmond. It will be Xavier Tillman, John. Oof. As we speak right now, uh, the Grizzlies are actually up by 11 in the third. Xavier Tillman leads all scorers on the Grizzlies with 19. He's got 19 and 9. Jaron Jackson Jr., 7 points, 6 rebounds. Good for him. Only one personal foul, so again, good for him. Dylan Brooks got four, I was four, saying though. good for Xavier Tillman. Oh, okay. <laughs> of course, Dylan Brooks has four fouls. <laughs> uh, Bain got 13. You know, but I think I think the only fear with the Lakers though is that themselves is themselves, yeah, the inconsistency and then just almost like playing down to competition. Like mm-hmm. when you have Anthony Davis, you have LeBron James and Austin sh- Reeves and Austin Reeves. Like, Austin Reeves is the truth, bro. He's him. 
He's him. I, I I always find it funny that I feel like every year, every other year, we just get some random white guy mm -hmm. who just takes the league by storm. Like, and it's also funny because it usually happens with like the Lakers because Caruso. three years ago it was Alice Caruso, and now we got Austin Reeves in like a few years. Watch, it's gonna watch. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be when Mac McClung gets the call up, bro. It's gonna no, it's gonna be the kid from uh, Kansas. It's gonna be Gritty Dick. <laughs> Telling you, watch. It sounded like you said Gritty, Gritty Dick, and I was like, Jesus. oh no, that sounds like a disease. Facts. <laughs> Speaking of venereal diseases, Miles just called in. That's oh. crazy. Oh, the disrespect. Oh, that's messed up. Oh, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a good series. Like, it's a very, you can go either way, which team wants to be more consistent. But, like, to me, the Lakers should be the favorite. Um, if they lose tonight, great. Then I, then the odds should shift back so you can get a solid bet for the Lakers winning the series. But, um, yeah, it's, they should win. Period. They should win. And especially, like, honestly, with or without Jaw, but especially without Jaw, they should win. No Jaw, no Steven Adams. No Brandon Clark. And no Brandon Clark. Uh, the, the table is set for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. If they want it or not, they got they just got to take but it. But this also could be a they fucked around in the first series scenario, got their shit together, and we've seen it happen where, like, when a good team gets that pressure in the beginning and they have to come through that, now the switch is on for the rest of the playoffs. Mm. So... All right. Well, that leads us to our last series. Uh, last but certainly not least, Warriors-Kings. I was actually surprised that the Kings took both games at home. I yep. did I did think that the Warriors would take one of them. Mm. Um, I think we also they split. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, they had their chance in the end of game one. I mean, Steph did his, uh, I don't know what he was trying with that, that shot, but it is what it is. When you're the greatest shooter of all time, you know what? Honestly, you I would not have been surprised if he made it. To be honest, but yo, credit the credit credit the Kings um, for just answering the answering the bell, answering the call, stepping up, defending home court. That crowd, we knew that their crowd was gonna be great in the playoffs, but like that is probably uh, watching all the games. That has probably been the best atmosphere mm -hmm. in any of the arenas mm -hmm. so far. They've been great with their cowbells, especially that one guy that had the cowbell right in the back of uh, the Warriors GM's uh, ear. Love it. Keep doing it. Um, you know what's crazy is that the Kings actually just sent out a, a, I think it was like a tweet that said, Kings fans, if you're going to the game and going to state, you can't bring a cowbell. <laughs> they just won't allow it, which, like, damn, that sucks. So now I hope they give out free cowbells in game uh, five. <laughs> if there is a game five. Um, no, nah, I think there will be a game five. But Draymond suspended. As we expected. Yeah, that's the biggest story right now. Stomp them in the nuts. Stomp, stomp them in the nuts. I'll tell you what. It looks way worse in slow motion with the pictures. When you see real time, like, you can make a case. Was it overly aggressive? Yes. But when you see real time, you can make a case of he got held and was trying to get, wasn't expecting it, tried to get his foot free. He did get held. He did get held. He get held. I've also seen guys get held in a similar fashion. And not, <laughs> not do step that. on yep. somebody's chest. And then also, like, again, you know, it's funny. I saw How somebody. How many games is it? I think it's just one. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. I've been um, seeing things about him getting suspended for longer. No. Nah. Yeah. And I think people tried to equate the, like, Jared Allen. I don't know if you saw the the foul on Julius Randle. Julius is going up for, I think, a dunk or layup. And, like, uh, almost said Claxton. Uh, Allen, you know, almost basically undercut him. You know, for a second, they both went sprawling. And we were like, oh, that's a dirty play, blah, blah. If he was Draymond, he'd, he'd have been suspended. And well, you Draymond know what? Draymond has a history. Draymond has a history. Yeah. And, that, and that's what thing people, like, Warrior fans, I get it. But at the same time, you have a guy that lead to every single playoffs. Every playoffs, he does something like this. Mm -hmm. Whether it's kicking somebody in the nuts, stomping somebody in the chest, like, basically flying elbow, you know, mm -hmm. in, in somebody's face on a layup. Like, every single year, 
Every season he does something like this, and then everybody is shocked when there's finally repercussions mm-hmm. for those actions. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, same thing. I, Draymond is the most shocked by it, and it's like, <laughs> like I, I, you, you get an, a long enough leash with how you're allowed oh, to exactly. yell at officials. You're the only person in the league allowed to yell at officials the way you do, and then you still want to complain with the other stuff. Like, be accountable for your own actions, dog. Um, but I also expected um, it to be a split. You know, I think the the Kings can win this series. Um, I think it, when it comes down, and, you know, we said this when we previewed the series last week. Um, when it comes down to it, the biggest thing for the Warriors is going to be themselves in the sense of, like, when the Warriors are on, they can be anybody. But the Kings are a good team. Like, they are a good team with very good players. Shout out to De'Aaron for just winning the Clutchest Player Award. Um, they they really are a good team, and um, I think it was Ruben, might have been Ruben, um, just tweeted about how like the Kings come in with their game plan and they run it, and it's been fucking working. Mm-hmm. It has been working. Um, it's doing the damn thing. So shout out to them. The city's hungry, and like they were what three seed, right? three seed, three, they were three seed, seed for a reason. Like it was, I, I mentioned it last week. It wasn't like they just caught fire at one point and just rode that to the end of the season or caught fire at the end of the season and brought their standing up. They've been, like, top four, top five all year. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a good team, and give them credit, and shout-out to Mike Brown for winning Coach of the Year. Indeed, indeed. Black excellence. We love to see it. Um, I think the big things in this series so far, um, I'll start first with the Kings, is they're getting a tremendous performance from Malik Monk. And mm-hmm. I don't know how many people are familiar as much about Malik Monk, but Malik Monk has always been a hooper. Going back to his days in Kentucky. And it's really cool to see that De'Aaron and Monk are teammates. You know, they were teammates in Kentucky. Now they're teammates on the Kings competing for a championship. So that's pretty cool to see. Um, I also thought it was cool that um, I think it was game one. Either game one or game two, De'Aaron Fox, they showed De'Aaron Fox's wife um, with their baby. And the baby had like little like headphones mm-hmm. on. But she was wearing a Malik Monk uh, mm-hmm. t-shirt, which I was like, oh, that's, that's a pretty cool uh, friendship to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, he's played fantastic, just giving him a jolt offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's crazy to say, Alex Len, I know everybody forgets he's still in the league. Alex Len has given him some really good minutes off the bench at the center position. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, DeMont- I mean, DeMontis had a pretty shitty game, game one, came back in game two, had a better one, 24 points, nine rebounds. Um, him and Looney are, are, have been going to war. Nice. I've been going to war. The Loon Dog. I'm gonna get to him in a sec. But him and Looney being ba- absolutely battling. Harrison Barnes coming up with some uh, clutch baskets. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going back to us. Uh, some... still loves you, dog. <laughs> going back to his old uh, Golden State days, where he just gives you a solid 12 to 15 off the bench. He had some nice poster dunks in that second game as well. Um, Keegan Murray hasn't really done much this series, but I didn't really didn't expect him to. But De'Aaron Fox is just. He's him. Mm-hmm. He's him. He won the clutch award for a reason. He shows up big time in the fourth quarter. Timely, timely buckets, timely threes. Just knows how to get to the rim. Uh, Kevin Herter, Red Velvet. Shout mm-hmm. out to him, uh, former uh, Hawks legend. Uh, hitting his shots. You know he doesn't. Great role player. Very good role player. He started off the game pretty poorly shooting, but he found his rhythm. Uh, only two of nine for three, but still finishing with fifteen points, six, six, six of fourteen in that second game. Uh, Davion Mitchell. I mean, we know he's a clamp on defense and he's making life absolute torture for the Warriors just just mixing things up mm-hmm. um I thought they did a great job in game two of trapping to get the ball out of Steph's hands especially when Draymond 
got ejected because when he's when they're on the floor, obviously Draymond is their best facilitator. Um, when he's gone, though, Where you is? put you put the uh, you put the pressure on Steph, get the ball out of his hands. Now you're forcing either Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, you know, Looney to make a play mm-hmm. and do something like that. And I thought that's what really messed up the Warriors in their efforts to make a comeback in that game too. Um, so I guess switching gears to there, Jordan Poole. What the hell, man? I mean, he is not played well. That contract. Uh, you think? I mean, that's been the he's had an up and down season. But it's that's like kind of it, what saying. But and that's but right now, we've seen maybe, him at this high. It'll be really funny if he has a great game mm-hmm. without Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we have to check who's in the crowd. Are the baddies there? <laughs> Facts. Now, I don't know if why. You're that's, the Warriors, you got to give some you gotta, free seats or something. Yeah. Just, you know, like I don't, I don't know even know like any popular subreddit. Instagram people, but they whoever gotta, they are, don't matter. They just gotta, they just gotta <laughs> find the thotties. <laughs> Put them courtside. It's, Put them right behind the basket. It's been one of the funnier jokes, uh, running jokes about Jordan Poole. But hey, man, hey, if 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 that's what helps, it helps. But yeah, they, the Warriors really desperately need Jordan Poole to figure out himself mm-hmm. in this series if they have a chance of getting back in it. Um, Steph is gonna do Steph things. We already know that Clay is. Doing clay things, I guess. I, this, I wouldn't call this like peak clay, but he's doing enough for them yeah, to. He's being more than a role player. Yeah, he's doing enough for them. Um, it's just coming down, and now we get to the loon dog. Loon dog has been been good for them. Very, very good. He's very he's got a tough matchup, and he did he did a phenomenal mm-hmm. job in game one. I mean, mm-hmm. game two we kind of got taken out of the game because he had fou- a lot of foul trouble early. I think he had his fifth foul like at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Kind of threw off their uh, whole defensive things. But, look, he cleans up on the glass, comes in. And, and you know what he said at, uh, after the game? He was like, yo, with the Sabonis situation, he was like, yo, it, it just is what it is. You know, we're just battling out there. I didn't see anything dirty. Things like that. It's playoffs. It's like, all right, yeah. Like, I don't think this Sabonis Draymond thing needs to be made into anything more than what I think some people are trying to. Like, I even saw... Um, <laughs> Like in the, in the post, yeah, typical Draymond. In the post game uh, interview, I I forget. It was like, is it Jared like Greenberg or whatever the guy for TNT? He was he asked Sabonis like three different questions about it. Like, yo, like, dog, he just said his playoffs. Like, it is what it is. Like, stop trying to make it into something else. But you know that's how it is. NBA storylines, biggest mm-hmm. soap opera in a uh, professional sports. So, you know, we, we we know how this game goes. But yeah, I think any other. Uh, I also liked uh, really quick. Uh, I liked how Wiggins has, has looked. After that long hiatus, mm. you know, I was kind of worried about. I mean, he was a huge X factor with him in the playoff run last year. Yeah, and I was a little, you know, miss twenty something games, twenty plus games coming into the playoffs. So to be to be able to, you know, even just play as well as he's played now, off of mm. not playing basketball in a month and a half. I mean, almost two months. That's pretty impressive. So mm-hmm. that's all I got on the on this series so far. Looking forward to it going back to the Oracle. Well, not the Oracle anymore. Chase uh, was it Chase Center mm. now in San Francisco. So Warriors at home is tough. Warriors at home is always tough. But them winning both games, that's huge. It's huge, and it's also it's, they're supposed to do that because they beat a team that's bad on the road. The Warriors are, are a horrible. We're a horrible team mm. on the road this year. Um, I think it was like only like eleven wins, if that, on the road. So look, you take care of your home court advantage as the higher seed as you should. Um, look, he doesn't have to be pretty, doesn't have to be the most beautiful thing, but a win is a win, and you'll take it. I'm interested to see how their role players play on the road, especially Malik Monk. Can he keep this offensive onslaught going? Mm-hmm. Uh, can Kevin Herter knock down his threes? You know, I don't have to. I don't have to worry about Darren Fox. I know he's going to show up to play. 
Sabonis, I know he's going to come and bring us mm -hmm. all, but it's everybody around him. Will they? And can you avoid the dreaded third quarter Warriors run? Because mm -hmm. you know it's coming. I feel like it hasn't been to that extent the past two years, though. It hasn't been to that extent. But like it hasn't been to that extent since KD left, honestly. But when it happens, though, it'd be happening. That's why it, I would say it hasn't been to that extent since Clay got hurt. Yeah. But hey, maybe this this uh, maybe game three, or game four. I don't know. You're asking um, Steve Kerr to coach, so. Hey, sometimes it's not about coaching. Sometimes it's like, hey, yo, Steph, just uh, go drop like two thirty bombs, thirty foot, th like like thirty you foot have bombs. I'm great, man. <laughs> and then hey, Clay, can you just hit this like random ass corner three? Oh yeah, Jordan Poole, just do like this lefty layup. Oh wow, look at that, fifteen zero run, crazy. <laughs> but now nah, it's gonna be exciting. Gonna be exciting, uh, and uh, can't wait. Uh, for the rest of the series, uh, rest of these games. But uh, I think that's it for us on the sports side of things for the night. Um, you know, nothing too crazy going on in baseball. Nothing really happening in football. One thing about hockey, let's go Rangers. Let's do that hockey. Up 1-0 on the uh, Devils. There you go. Islanders not looking too good, though. Sorry, guys. I don't know if a chip is coming to the island anytime soon. I think they're down 2-0 to the Hurricanes. But still, long series to go. And uh, with that... We can switch gears. Jonathan. I was thinking it was going to transition the other way, and I just went against it. Um, Not the edit. No. <laughs> you see, Matt, I I thought we were doing I thought we were doing well. I was like, wow, we haven't had to pause or do nothing since I opened the show. It's crazy. You know what? We're not even going to edit that. We're just going to leave it as a dramatic pause. <laughs> That's now, fine. I mean, honestly, it's in my nose, things like that. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, guys, we are only doing one anime segment this week because we are not at full strength, so we're not doing ABC. So we're just doing Weeb Weekly. Yeah. And with that, we started a new show. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Matt's clearly very excited. Yeah. Um, uh, the new show we started is Hell's Paradise. It's a new one from this season that's been getting a little bit hype. There's three episodes out right now, but we just watched the first two. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. Like, I'm invested. It's, it's it's not a period piece in the sense of like it's about the period, but um, you know, it's taking place in what seems to be like feudal Japan. Um, you know, we we see our main character, uh, Gabi Maru. Y'all remember the girl's name? No, uh, Saj just Sajiri. Sajiri Yamada. Oh. Sajiri. Well, Yamada's her name is Yamada is the clan. Sajiri is her is her name. Yeah, no, because there's tons of Yamadas right now. Yeah. Um, but we meet her. Um, main, episode one was really finding about Gabamara's backstory, seeing this dude who has like you know basically supernatural powers. I like how they um talk about it where they go, they're human, but they have these powers that are almost like superpowers, but they're not superpowers. Basically, they're almost like superpowers. Basically, in a nutshell, he's they're, him. Yeah, they're like just so you guys know, this isn't no supernatural shit, but like it might be. <laughs> um, and then you got the fucking island. It's basically the first time white people saw somebody dunk a basketball. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short, um. Uh, the main premise of it is Gamaru was this assassin um, who, you know, was raised to be an assassin from his youth and developed all these skills and things like that. It doesn't seem like he likes killing people, but he um, just follows orders. He's an obedient like that, wanted to change his life, it was betrayed, and now to get his life back, he has to, he's now essentially on a suicide squad um, where the goal is to go to this island and retrieve back the elixir of life. In this paradise island um no one's coming back alive of course so um that's the overall premise of it and like episode one was a lot of that so how'd you guys feel like during that first episode um how you feeling about 
the character stories. Protagonist is giving me Chainsaw Man vibes. Mm. Okay. It's weird. I mean, he was an assassin, mm. but the way that they're building his character, especially surrounded by all these other like criminals, mm -hmm. it seems like he's the only one there that isn't crazy. Yeah. Um. Like everybody else is like straight up a criminal. He was just like, I mean, you know, I don't want to say he was just following orders, but like, like this yep. guy just killed women and children. He's like psychotic. This person, like, there's a serial arsonist. It's a burglar or a serial yeah. arsonist. Like he was just like. Just following orders. Just like trying to survive, basically. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like his his story and his purpose are a lot more like pure than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And um, that seems to be the overarching theme. Like like you're saying with um, episode two, it's uh the selection process. Um, we find out uh the what's her name, Sajri? Sajri. Yeah. We found out Sajri's backstory in episode two. Um, but like to your point, um, yeah, and I feel like that's the thing of just like. The other people have Sajri realized it, I feel like. But the other people haven't realized yet that like they just know him as the hollow, as his nickname, like the hollow man, like those things. And he leaned into it. He's like, Yeah, that's me. Like I don't have these feelings. And obviously, you know, his wife brought out that other side of him that he didn't know he had. To where he was like, I need to change my life. Like I I'm not that because I have these things. Um and I think it was a nice introduction where it was just there were he was like I should die. I, I just let myself die and all of these things. And then just couldn't accept that because he was like, no, I'm the hollow. I've been the hollow man. How long? Like, that's who I am. He tried to, he tried to tell him, he tried to talk yeah, himself he tried into to convince a lie. Himself. Yeah. And he was, she, she read him like a fucking book. Mm -hmm. She read him to filth and was like, you don't want to die. Like, you really don't want to die. Like, you're fighting back. You may not realize it, but clearly you're resisting um, because you don't. And read him completely where she's like, you're doing this shit for your wife didn't understand the level of the betrayal we find out later um but yeah I, I like how they're doing it and especially in that scenario it was this he was raised by birth like what he's like i don't know about my parents they were murdered by the village leader and he just took me like as an infant so i was raised by him so he doesn't know anything else other than following the village leader's orders and being an assassin so yeah i think uh what's interesting about i sort of seen like that first episode now, the first episode, maybe the beginning of the second, mm. when he finds out that she's going to be the one to kill him in that in that secret room. Uh, and yeah, it was the first episode. Yeah. And then he dodges her blade and she was like, yo, I thought you wanted to die. Why would you dodge? Mm -hmm. And then he's like kind of like shocked, too. He's trying to I guess he's like in his own mind processing. Yeah. Like, why am I? dodging like this doesn't even make any sense almost like instinctive but because of that the drive that he has to see his wife mm -hmm. again and i thought that was pretty cool i'm very interested. and then also what she said about like how she she can see it in the sword like mm -hmm. people i've seen people beg i've seen people really accept death and i've seen people lie to themselves and that's what she saw with him so i thought that was pretty uh pretty neat um yeah like matt said there, he definitely seems to be somebody that He's more pure mm -hmm. in the sense of like, yeah, he's not this monster. He was just kind of turned into one just because of circumstances of life and things like that. And then his wife was somebody that kind of brought him back to reality. And was also, you know, a product of her environment. Yeah. I mean, she even said it like, yo, in this world, there's only two things. Like the men are soldiers and they do this and the women are just there to bear children. And she got a mark on her eye or on her face mm -hmm. from her father because she didn't just want to be 
someone that bears children. She wanted to be an ordinary wife. She, she just wanted, wanted to be, be an ordinary a regular person. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. You get a brand on your face because you just want to live a regular, regular life. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. She didn't want to be a baby factory. She just wanted to be a regular person, and she got branded. And I think the father backstory is going to be really, really crazy because if you go back to it, the village leader killed his pot, mm-hmm. his, his mom and his dad, right? The village leader is a person who is technically his uh, father-in-law. Boss. Yeah, and boss. And boss. The same boss that betrayed that him. set him up. Yep. set him up when he said, yo, for real, for real, I want to take your daughter away from this. I, I don't want to give her a, this no more. I don't want to do this no more. I want to give her a good life. I want us to have a good life. I want to raise my grandchildren in a nice neighborhood where I can have a picket fence and not hear gunshots at 2 a.m. And the, and the village chief was like, a word? He, said, he was like, okay, go ahead. Just do one <laughs> last job for me. One, one last thing. One last thing. But, no, nah, it's, it's, I'm going to be interested to see the, the dynamic between uh, him and uh, Sajiri. Because, as you said, when we were watching it, it's like, all right. He knows that he needs to keep her alive to basically get back home. She knows that he's not going to kill her yeah. because he has something to live for and he's fighting for something. Um, so I'm very interested to see like how they protect each other um, because I already know some bullshit's going to happen where one of the other inmates, because mm-hmm. there's 10 of them going, one of the other inmates is going to try some slick shit because, and they've, they've said it numerous times, because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Again, Sajri, the only woman. Uh, Yamada. Y- y- Yamada. To not just be a wife. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she out here. And she got to, you know, it's it's tough, a working woman in this society, you know. But uh, even, and it even said, like, yeah, the, the, the eye patch guy who we thought was going to be a cool sensei, mm-hmm. he was just like, so. Uh, You're not fit for this. Yeah. When are you going back to the uh, kitchen? Basically, he yeah, said he that. Did. He literally said that. Women over long out here. He's like the son of the chief. I mean, the daughter of the chief needs to enjoy her life in her mansion. He was like, a double bubble blowing baby doesn't belong out here <laughs> in man's country. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I think I like how one of the things they're establishing early is um, that they understand each other. Mm-hmm. And they really clicked on that scene where she was like, oh, no, he really doesn't do this. And she looked at him and said, and he looked at her and was like, it's not about like killing people never feels good mm-hmm. like it's about dealing with the burden of that mm-hmm. and then she's like oh i don't need to be afraid of the killing part like it's more of just like do, am i strong enough to deal with the fear of the killing mm-hmm. um i think i really like how, what they're doing with the sword how like the sword tells all mm-hmm. and how that seems to be a, a, a is going to be a continuing theme even when they showed the flashback of her backstory when she was a kid looking into it um, to your point about that, like it also gives you opportunity for a lot of seasons, a lot of plot, a lot of things. Yes. You have the entire time of them trying to get the elixir in this island. Mm-hmm. And then whenever that's over, then he has to go back to the village. That's true. So it, it gives the opportunity for definitely multiple seasons, definitely like a longer storyline to develop. I'm curious about the manga and stuff. Um, but I fuck with it, man. Um, you know, obviously episode two, we learned the other cast characters, but he drops a line in episode two where he goes can y'all just stop them from killing each other like we really don't have to do all this why must it be brother versus brother <laughs> and he was they were like oh like y'all are criminals he's like yeah but like some of us just don't want to kill people and he's like 
I mean, he was like, yeah, but you're criminals. He's like, the most natural thing in the world is to not kill the people around you. Bro, everybody was shocked. Like, yeah. Like, wait a second, wait, what? Especially <laughs> because of like he's. They're literally like, nah, he's a legend. Like, his like name we, ring bells. Dog, how are you gonna say this when we literally know you for killing? Yeah, that's like your whole thing. It's like. <laughs> All he needed to do was just be like, I was just following orders. Like, it wasn't like I wanted to do this. It was just what I was told to do. Yeah, that's how they, our village works. Then they right? can rebuttal and be like, all right, well, we're giving you orders now, nigga. <laughs> I mean, that's what he said. But he, they, they were not given orders to kill each other. You're right, because he said they left it op- for open interpretation. Mm-hmm. And he was and like, hey, he was look, like, well, I killed this guy. Way. And he didn't say shit. Yeah. So. And he was like, well, that's one way. Whatever works at that point. Um, I th- the, the purple hair uh, female ninja out here trying to flirt with him off rip when she was like oh you look like him but your small stature is like yeah you, you're trying to flirt with him thought you would be taller a little mm. more masculine <laughs> wants his peen <laughs> um but I, I really think like it's establishing the opportunity off rip of the foil that we will see from both characters and the progression we'll see from both characters that's why like i'm that. telling you it's the chainsaw fucking what's her name Power? Power relationship mm-hmm. in a way. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I like it. How'd you feel now that this is another new show? You don't have to worry about a season one. Um, <laughs> but, like, how'd you feel about this one so far? Yeah, it's going to be good. I think, you know, we have these. Well, that it's actually interesting talking about how this other ninja chick could be his foil. Because, in a way, I feel like. What's her name again? Sajiri. Sa- Sajiri. Yeah. Or Sagiri, without, you know. So, um. Yeah, because like they they're both clearly struggling with their identity, mm-hmm. which is how they're, you know, that's like how they're gonna relate mm-hmm. to each other and probably like have s- sympathy and empathy for each other while they're on the island. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably what's gonna tie them together. And I don't know, like this other chick. I mean, I'm sure we'll learn more about her because she's obviously gonna show up again, but. Yeah. And we have so many, like, new characters that we're going to have to learn about and stuff like that. And I like that. Like, it's always, it's just like, you know, Naruto, whatever, learning about the other characters in the village and shit like that. Like, I like that they go, all right, there's 10 people and there's 10 of the Yamato there. So, you know, they show them all. Um, I'm curious as to which ones they're going to be cool with. Because you know they're going to be mad cool with at least one of them. The small, the small the black boy. Oh, oh black girl. That was, I, was, I, don't, I thought it was a little, I thought it was a little boy. I thought, it was, I thought it was a girl. <laughs> this the small, like the small one. Yeah, yeah I thought it was a the kid. brown skin. Yeah, yeah, I thought, yeah, it's a kid. That's I why I said was girl. A, wasn't the chest open? I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember because they were kind of going through all the people like mad yeah. quick. Um, I don't know. I, well, we'll find out. We'll find out <laughs> in next episode, I guess. Hopefully, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I think he will befriend the small one, the okay. small child. Uh, the genderless one, as we will call them for now. Um, them. Them, yes. them, yes. Them, not they. They, them. Thar. Thar. Thar, all right. <laughs> Thar. We will call Thar a friend for now. I think, uh, think it's one of those. prediction? And I think it'll be one of those uh, deaths that we're going to, I think I think they're dead. I think mm. at some point they're going to die. And it's going to be like, no, not him. It's going to be the super Or her, or they, not Thar. <laughs> we really liked Thar. Um, Dude, I mean, it's literally the cast from Hunger Games in a in a weird way. Low key, high key, mm. low key, high key. Uh, that big guy. I don't be funny. know because the Hunger Games they didn't really choose that. They got chosen. These guys no, got no, chosen. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying what's it like? The they characters. Yeah, they are. They were the they were the worst of the worst. It's the Suicide Squad. 
Yeah, I know, but like they put themselves in that position to be chosen. The Hunger Games, it's just motherfuckers in the village. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, they don't want to get chosen. Like here, they go, all right, we have an opportunity to be free. You know, it's weird. It's like it's a it's a it seems right now is like a, an amalgamation of like like typical plots. Like we have a little bit of Hunger Games action. We have a little bit of Squid Game action. Mm. Like you have some pretty seemingly predictable characters. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the uniqueness of the plot is going to come more in how it all develops with yes. the specific story. I'm also so. the villain aspect is new. Yeah. Like the, all right, we know the story of we're going to find something for the Shogun and shit like that. That's not a new storyline. But like the motherfuckers are getting sent to paradise but coming back like dying and flowers blooming. Flowers coming out of That's their new. ass. That's new. Um, and also like the side characters, right? We have the typical giant one. We have the typical young one. But you got... And then I would say the older skilled one. There we go. So we got the swordsman who's he's like, he's the greatest swordsman. It's probably he was framed for some shit or whatever. We have the waifu. Two of them. Two? Yeah. That was just one. It was the ninja and one other one. There was another one she was with. I honestly thought it was just the one girl with the purple dress. Yeah, but there was another girl inmate that she was with. Yes. And then you have the cannibal courtesan. You got the motherfucker who eat bears head first. You got, you got the monk guy, right? Yeah, you got the yeah. monk. You got like all these Bean like head. Yeah, the oh, stereotypical Max! in that regard. We are not <laughs> using slurs on this podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> nah, his head shaped, his head shaped his, like a big toe. Nah, it, you know what it's shaped like? You remember the the peanut people with the yeah. Proud Family movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's what his head looked like. That's oh, what man. his head looked like. But yeah, there's you know we got a homie who was the leader of the bandits, but is still a kid. Like there's a lot of like yeah. you're saying those stereotypes of your tropes. That's but a Bakugo like, nigga. Yes, he's gonna be an, he's gonna be an enemy. He's gonna be he's gonna be op number one. I think he's I gonna be it. the redemption arc, dude. Really? I think he's gonna be like they don't get along and then they'll do something where they end up saving each other and then he's the I don't want to be friends with you, but they end up becoming friends sort of thing. Game recognized game. Yeah. Hmm. Or he'll be like you didn't need to save me. He'll be like yeah, but like I did. Like I whatever. Did anyway. <laughs> and then he'll be like nah, why'd you do that? We're fighting this. Like it's gonna be like it's only one of us has to make it out. And they're like okay, but like I still don't want to kill you. Like so definitely Bakugo. Hmm. All right. Uh, I, I bang. I, I bangs with it. Yeah. I'm trying to start to think of like anybody else who's gonna be a friend. The young the young Thar <laughs> will be a friend. The the purple girl. The girls was gonna try the, to. The girls will be. F- Friends. And she's also a ninja like him. Yeah. So she, it might be a scenario like I've always looked up to you because we do the same thing. We're both ninja. We're both assassins. Ninja. We're most likely raised this way. And he was, he's a legend. So she was always trying to be like as good as him. Well, you know what they say. Never so meet your legends. Been, yeah, it might be a. I'm trying. I've been trying to be like you or as good as you the whole time. You don't live no. up to any of this. What is this? Don't meet your heroes. Don't meet your heroes. Mm. Don't meet your heroes. Um, yeah, that sword guy, I'm interested to see how he be working, because if he's one of the greatest swordsmen, right, the people that are their chaperones, the, um, the Yamada, the Yamada, they are the cream of the crop of swordsmen, like, mm-hmm. they're the sword testers, mm-hmm. they're the only niggas that be chopping people's heads clean off, because apparently that's, like, mad hard to do, um, so, sword devil out here, basically, sword devil, so I'm very interested to see, like, there's gonna be a standoff between them and that sword guy at some point. Somehow he's gonna become he's gonna get like a bamboo stick and just somehow become like mm. crazy. Uh that's gonna be cool. Interested to see any if we get learn anything about the other uh Yamada. Maybe we saw there's ten. We already seen Eye Patch guy. They're all from the same clan. We know there's a black dude. We know there's we a black there's dude. The, the dude with glasses. Yeah. Blonde lady with bangs. Yeah. I don't remember the rest. 
all different. You know what I like? There was they were all different uh, shapes and sizes. Mm. So which would be cool because they that means they all have the, each their own strengths and advantages. And Black stories exactly. And uh, and you hope that they do enough world building. Obviously, we don't know about the manga. Um, but a lot of times in anime, they cut a lot of that short to trim it and just make it more appealing. But you hope that they still allow that world building to give depth to the show and those other characters. Because yeah. I feel like that's really what sets a lot of shows apart. Because where this black, where this black guy come from? <laughs> How you get it? Is that the? Maybe? He's a more. Oh, this is, maybe this is a. Uh, Easter they, they were black samurai. Yeah, but I say maybe it's the Easter egg for the uh, black, black samurai. samurai. I know that there's a there's definitely an anime about that. Uh, so. Yeah, this is, this is a very strong, very strong first two episodes. Very excited to get to the island. Also curious as to why the why the bodies just come back on boats. How is that happening? Like, who is sending the bodies back? Heaven. Whatever, whatever's going on in heaven, they're sending them back as a sign. Like, how do they know where to send them? Don't belong here. There's, it's supernatural, JT. I'm just saying. Uh, how, is it just the island itself? Are there people is on the island? Lost? We don't know. This is this is is it manifest? Is it anime lost? <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh yeah. So far it's very strong. Uh, first two episodes. Can't wait to get to the rest. Yeah, I'm excited, man. This looks really good. Honestly, like I would have liked to watch the third episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but we'll save it for next week. All right, Matt. Anything? Uh, any final thoughts? Mm, not really. I mean, you know, I agree with you. It's a strong start. It leaves a lot of uh, open questions and excited to see how everybody starts to develop. Got a pretty strong protagonist. So, so now you've watched the first episodes of three shows. Um, Chainsaw Man, this one, and what else? No, that's it. Yeah. Because he didn't watch Revengers. the Avengers. He technically didn't watch no, the first but, three but episodes. Season one. Season, yeah. Oh, he did watch season one? No, no, but I'm saying he watched like the first oh. episode of season two. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So how are you? Uh, how, how does this rank? Hmm. Um, I would say out of the three, number two. I still think the Chainsaw Man beginning mm. was cooler. Yeah, that shit was fire. I mean, the guy turned into a chainsaw. It's hard to top that. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like the story was like more emotionally charged. Hmm. We started off the show with saying, but the, like, I guess that's kind of the point because, like, Loki, it's a similar scenario. It is a similar scenario, Except but one, this like, protagonist is very yeah. much like. I have no emotions, mm-hmm. like, but, but yeah. like Chainsaw Man, like he lost his pet, who was like his lifelong companion. After like, living after, an incredibly sad life, yeah, like his there was a lot Man more his spleen. There was a I lot mean, more heartstring pulling <laughs> going on. I would say because there was more effort on that. I feel like they tried to do it a little bit when they actually explained more of his wife, mm-hmm. and we realized she wasn't dead because the entire time they didn't show her eyes. We we're like, this bitch dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she always gonna be dead. <laughs> um, I was like, dead or kidnapped? I thought the, I thought the chief dead. I thought the chief killed her. Honestly, me too. Me too. I thought he was like, fine, you want to leave? I'm going to kill her and go. I don't care about her anyway. And then Wait. it goes, oh, she's alive. She's being held there. Yeah, I care about this this uh, this uh, girl. Look look what I did to her face. That's just because I was bored. <laughs> Watch when I actually care. Yeah. So um, there is like, that's the, the similarity, I think, right? You got two protagonists that live at this point of their lives where they just, out, it was out of their control and have a sad life. Um, Their one thing that gave them feeling is now gone. Uh, He thought he she was dead. But now knows she's still alive, so he has more of a reason in that point. So I can I can understand why, um, you know, Pochita was it Texas? Pochita's not technically dead either, if you think about it. He no. lives inside of all of us, like Mufasa. <laughs> Mufasa. That motherfucker dead. No, but John, he lives inside. I said what us. I said. He lives in me. He lives in you. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Um, that's it for us here, man. Hopefully to be back at full strength next week. I got ice in my veins. Walk like a champion, champion, champion. I'm so cold-blooded. I fear nobody. Ain't no letting down. I won't let you down.